fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Tucker Carlson reminds journalists what journalism is supposed to be about, and they're really pissed off. <laughs> Forgiving Bud Light? Uh, I don't know if we're ready for that yet, are you? You ready to forgive Bud Light? Mm. And exactly how much does a college education help in your intellect? Well, I got a story tonight that will show you the answer is not much. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday. We're kicking off the middle of the week. And uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. A huge news night. And uh, it's just all bubbled up overnight. Insane, crazy stuff, but we're glad you're along for the ride. We got all that and a lot more coming up tonight. It's not just that. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. And before we get to it, we're going to just take a minute here and tell you about, just bear with me here. Have a little patience. We'll tell you about a, one of our great sponsors. That is Blackout Coffee. Awake, not woke. I love my Blackout Coffee. They are an active supporter of hardworking Americans, people like you. Listen, they love the country, and that's important because we always support America First companies here on this show. But they love making amazing coffee, too. They use premium-grade coffee beans sourced from local co-ops, American farmers, pick only the best. They are absolutely terrific about the way they run their company, the way they support America, our values, honesty, integrity, family values. It's probably the most non-woke company I think I've ever run across. Personally proud to recommend this product. Blackout Coffee is simply amazing. I probably have four or five cups or more a day some days. They love the country, which is awesome. But the most important part is you make a good product, and they do. An absolutely terrific product. This company produces these beans, and one of the ways they get them to you fresh one of the reasons, the big reason, that it makes so much of a difference, you will notice when you try it, is their small batch roasting process. When you order, and only when you order, they roast your beans within 48 hours, ship them right out immediately, maybe two, three days to get to your house. That's fresh roasted beans, about as fresh as you can get them unless you're going to roast them yourself, and you don't want to do that. Skip the lines at the store, order online, get yourself a bag of blackout coffee, give it a try, you'll be back for more because it's just that good. Cannot recommend it enough. And be sure and use the link in our show notes, it's right down there. Check it out, use our promo code J20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. J-A-Y-20, that is the promo code for 20% off your first order with blackout coffee. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being part of this show. They've got all kinds of blends and roasts. They've got teas, hot cocos over there. Check them out. Blackout Coffee. Amazing company. All about American values, supporting our troops, our country, the things we believe in, and making the most amazing cup of coffee you've ever had. All right. It is Tucker Carlson that is all over, all over the news today because he just finished interviewing Vladimir Putin. 
because that's what journalists do. All the fake journalists at the legacy media are all having a hissy fit because he's over there interviewing Vladimir Putin. He is not the first man ever to interview Vladimir Putin, not by a long shot. Lots of journalists have interviewed Vladimir Putin. They're afraid because Tucker is an actual journalist who will ask actual and insightful questions. They're afraid the American public will actually get to hear the words from Putin's mouth. Elon Musk has promised Tucker that they will not censor the interview on X. It is being posted on the Tucker Carlson network first, and then very shortly afterwards will be out on X. It's not yet, but it's coming very quickly. They said they're not going to hold this back. They'll get it cut up, put out quickly. Tucker, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but Tucker put up an X post about why he is interviewing Putin. It's brilliant. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we've thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and it's depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. Just a piece of the video that Tucker posted. I put the link in our show notes. You should check it out. It's brilliant. And like I said, the legacy media are all up in arms beside themselves. In fact, in some cases, in some cases, they're even, where are we? Okay, in some cases, they're even crying about the fact. Abby Phillips has a total breakdown because of Tucker Carlson. What she says is lying about the news coverage of Russia. Fact checks Tucker Carlson. I, I, I got a video for you coming up in a minute. You won't believe this. Fact checks Tucker Carlson's statements about the U.S. media coverage of Russia. Do we have... Okay, can we cue that up? Good. All right. Watch this idiot excuse for a journalist. Vladimir Putin. Tucker Carlson is lying from the streets of Russia, no less. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. That's a lie. 
Serious news outlets, including CNN, have requested Putin to interview over and over again. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. Another lie. Serious news outlets, including CNN, have covered and, of course, reported on Putin's words since this war began, including one of his baseless justifications for the invasion of Ukraine, which he initially claimed was to stop the Nazis. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Tucker Carlson is not a journalist, not even close. And his former employer in a court case actually agreed. Quote, the general tenor of the show should then inform a viewer that Carlson is not stating actual facts about the topics he discusses and is instead engaging in exaggeration and non-literal commentary. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. For two years, real journalists have risked their lives to report from the ground each and every day in Russia and in Ukraine, including two U.S. journalists who are right now baselessly being detained by Vladimir Putin. Okay, enough. She's on the edge of tears, this sorry-ass excuse for a journalist who works for the most ridiculous mis-disinformation news network. I hesitate to call it news. It's a network, but that's about where it stops. And they're calling him Putin's stooge. He's a propagandist for Putin. All he's doing is what a journalist is supposed to do, interview newsmakers. And Putin's a pretty big-time newsmaker these days. But they're all upset about it. They're afraid you're going to hear the truth. At the very least, you're going to hear what Tucker Carlson asks Putin and how Putin answers. Now, answer, now, whether you believe Putin or not, that's another story. But the interview has been completed. And Putin, by the way, very rarely gives interviews, particularly to Western journalists. Carlson, very often cited on Russian state TV because of his opposition to US support, the Ukraine war effort, since his firing from Fox, he's made a point to interview populist world leaders, including Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, Javier Milei from Argentina, and former President Trump in August. Not really clear how much traction these sit-downs actually get compared to the millions of people that used to tune into his show, but he gets millions of views on X. Millions. Which means millions of people get to see his material and his content, as well they should. He said the interview would air unedited on the website, the Tucker Carlson website, and on X. So we'll see. 
it should be out, I would guess, you know, knowing the background of how long it takes to cut up an interview within, say, the next 48 hours. Hopefully before Friday, before the weekend. We'll see what happens. This is going to be big. This is going to break the internet. Trust me. <laughs> it is, and I love it. I can't wait. <clears throat> hey, Trump won. It kind of. No presidential immunity for Trump. But that's not bad news. An appeals court has ruled former President Trump is not immune from prosecution in his federal 2020 election trial. That decision, a setback for Trump and 2024 GOP presidential frontrunner, who's argued he is immune from prosecution over his alleged efforts to subvert the 2020 election results. Yeah. U.S. Dis uh, Circuit Court of Appeals for D.C., which is absolutely just full of left-leaning Democrat morons. You take a court case there when you know what the outcome you want is. The ruling comes after Trump's team has said he's shielded from criminal prosecution in the case because his actions were a part of his official duties as president. And they said, nope. But what this does do, since presidents apparently are not immune from prosecution, then if I'm Joe Biden, if I'm Barack Obama, oh, I'm shaking in my boots. Because what's good for the gander is good for the goose. That article is in our show notes. You want to read all the details about it? It's the D.C. Court of Appeals, so, you know, I mean, expect the worst bullcrap, as usual. Viva Fry over on X made a great post. He's, he's really a brilliant, a former attorney, now mainly a content poster. <laughs> you can follow him over there. He's a, good, he's a great file, fo uh, follow. Under the D.C. Appeals Court ruling in the Trump case, not only now can Obama be indicted for extrajudicial assassination of American citizens, which happened. But Biden can be impeached and even if not convicted, charged after he leaves office for neglecting the border and all the immigration bullshit. There's actually a copy of the ruling that he put in his post. It's right here, and that link's in our show notes. You want to read the actual ruling from this ridiculous court of appeals. But exactly right, like I just said. There's Viva Fry backing me up. Obama, Biden, their necks are all right there on the line with Trump. You opened up a can of worms you are not going to be happy about. You're going to wish you hadn't opened it. And speaking of a can of worms, boy, there is no more wormy, Trumpy, uh, Trumpy, uh, swampy cockroaches than these four Republican rhinos who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. Yep, if you didn't hear, it happened. And here they are. Primary them, folks. Get rid of them. They are not supporting our party. 
They are Democrats in Republican outfits. That's all. They just got an R by their name, but it means abso-freaking-lutely nothing. Nothing. U.S. House vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas failed yesterday for Republicans voting with the Democrats. 2014 to 2016 was the vote. House failed to take up the resolution. California Rep. Tom McClintock, Colorado Rep. Ken Buck, Wisconsin Rep. Mike Gallagher, and Utah Rep. Blake Moore. Moore voted no at the last possible second. So House Republicans could bring up the vote again since it was a 215-215 vote, wouldn't have allowed that. Buck tweeted on Monday, Mayorkas will be remembered as the worst Secretary of Homeland Security in history. While inexcusable, this incompetence is not constitutional grounds for an impeachment. You technical mumbo-jumbo freaking moron. He is at least equally responsible as well as that rotting bag of flesh, Biden, for this nightmare we have as the laughable southern border. That's them. Know who they are. Vote them out of office. If you are in California, Colorado, Wisconsin, or Utah, get rid of these people. They go right on the list. Out! Hit the road, Jack traitors. Unbelievable we have to deal with this in this day and age. Unbe-freaking-leavable. Blackout coffee. <laughs> All right. Hey, are you ready to forgive Bud Light? When I first saw this headline, I thought, no freaking way. Uh-uh, ain't gonna happen. Because they've never apologized for that idiot campaign with that guy. Yeah, I said that guy. I'm thinking maybe I might change my mind. I don't know. Read the article. Let me talk to you about it for a little bit and see what you think. My initial reaction was no freaking way. Now, I'm not a big beer drinker, but I certainly would never spend any money on Bud Light. President Trump, however, has said Americans should give Bud Light, their parent company, a second chance. Look, I'm not a, ooh, anything you say, Trump, we love you. Everything you say is right. You know, if he says something I don't agree with, I'm going to tell you I don't agree with it. And my initial reaction was, like I said, no freaking way. But he says Anheuser-Busch, the company that manufactures Bud Light, is not a woke company. It's not just because it's Trump, but this is interesting. Trump actually praised 
the parent company of Bud Light, in a post on Truth Social and said it deserves a second chance. I'm having a hard time with this, folks. I wasn't a big believer in boycotts, but you know they're effective. They work. And when we conservatives boycott something, oh, oh, oh it works. And we began boycotting Anheuser-Busch products, specifically Bud Light, after their transgender social media influencer came out with this endorsement deal in April of last year. Believe that? It was not even a year ago. Now, Trump has defended the company from allegations of being woke, citing the Anheuser-Busch's support for American farmers, families of fallen military personnel. He said the Bud Light ad was a mistake of epic proportion, and for that a very big price was paid. True. But Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company. But I can give you plenty that are. I'm building a list and might just release it for the world to see, said Trump. Why not? The radical left does it viciously to well-run conservative companies and people. Very nasty. But that's the way they play the game. We did the boycott. It worked. It had an enormous effect on the sales of Bud Light. It put the problem out there in people's faces so they were aware of what was going on. The parent company, however, Anheuser-Busch, the fact that they are big supporters of American farmers, big supporters of our military, and our fallen military's families. That made me pause. It made me think. Maybe we have done enough. For now. They screw up again. We go right back after them. I'm not recommending you folks go out and buy a case of Bud Light. I still wouldn't drink that horse pee. But... To boycott all Anheuser-Busch products? I don't think so. It might be time to stop. They act up again, we'll hit them again. But for now, and again, based solely on the idea that this company has taken their shot, they got their hit, they learned, I hope, they've never made a public apology, by the way, which kind of pisses me off, but the fact that they are supporters of the families of fallen military personnel, our heroes, and American farmers, it makes me pause. It makes me stop and think, okay, maybe we shouldn't be going after the companies. I want to boycott the product? Boycott the product. Besides, it's Bud Light. It's crap anyway. Don't drink that junk. Yuck. What do you think? No way, no way in hell I will never stop boycotting this company because of what they did or yeah, it might be time to forgive and forget. 
I wonder if they'll be advertising on the Super Bowl this year. Well, if they are, it's going to cost them a fortune. Look, I'm not a big fan of football. I never was. I don't watch football. I know there's a lot of big football fans out there. The Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl has always been famous for its commercials, almost more than the football. And the price of an ad in the Super Bowl has always been astronomical. Millions. This year, if you want to buy a 30-second ad in the Super Bowl, guess what you're going to pay for it? 30 seconds of time. $7 million. $7 million buckaroonies. Which makes the NFL already a big winner with their rates. This is insane. I know a lot of people have been boycotting the NFL, as well you should because of their wokeness. But without the game having even been played yet, they're winning. The league is reaping a whopping seven million bucks for every 30-second ad product placed between the football action. Big brands, big names set to appear, all putting cash and a lot of it into the NFL's pockets. E-Trade, DoorDash, Google, M&M's, Paramount Streaming, Coors Beer, Kia, BMW, Toyota, Volkswagen, Bud Light. There you go. All mounting a comeback to shore up their sogging sales by bringing back old favorites like the Clydesdale Horses to stir America's hearts. Seven million dollars for 30 seconds. Now, look, let's just do some quick math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Just one ad from each one of those companies is $77 million. That's just the advertising. So, if you would like to place an ad on the Jay Sheldon show, like Blackout Coffee, Brickhouse Nutrition, NordVPN, Skillshare, all great sponsors. If you'd like to place an ad, I can make you a promise. It will be nowhere near $7 million. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely promise you I can get you cheaper rates on this show. Great article from Breitbart. You ready to get pissed off again? Biden is giving his game plan away, which <laughs> this guy, he's going to retaliate against Iran. Tells him his plans. The Senate bill, the, you know, the border mess, it is a precursor to amnesty for all illegals. And Biden just 
comes right out and says it? <laughs> says a bill from Senator James Lankford, Chris Murphy from Connecticut, Kirsten Cinema, merely a precursor to ramming amnesty for millions of illegal aliens through Congress. He was talking at the White House yesterday, praised the Senate bill, which is all but dead, expands overall immigration to the U.S., codifying his parole pipeline that's freed hundreds of thousands of border crossers, illegal border crossers, into the country. And just pretty much said it out loud. Take a look at that chart. The foreign-born population in the monthly current population survey since Biden won, which is right here. Do I have my mouse? There we go. Right there. See that? Biden wins. Take a look. Here's COVID-19 when that hit dips, Biden wins, and then take a look. 49.5% increase. 4.8 million. The green line is under Trump, of course. This is when Biden takes over. You tell me there's not a plan? These are voters, folks. They will do everything and anything in their power to make sure these people get the right to vote. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. Look at that chart. Link to this article is in our show notes. Share it out. We are losing our country. We are losing our country unless you draw a line and you stop allowing them to walk over it. Oh, and you know why the border is not secure? You know whose fault it is? How, who is pulling this idiot's strings? How does he say these things which are so blatantly, obviously, a complete lie. And yet, he says them anyway. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. I, th there are no words. That's him. Words right out of his mouth or off a teleprompter and out of his mouth, which frankly I'm surprised he could get through a, a teleprompter speech at all, even one sentence without screwing something up. Illegal border encounters. Listen up, folks. 2023, 2,476,000. 2024, 
2022, 2,379,000. 2020, Trump still in office, 400,000. So, I'm going to call bullshit. <clears throat> and here's the kind of people, by the way, who still, they're in that 30% gap that still support this idiot. It's a guy over on X. This is just words on a page. It's a post that's in our show notes. I'll show you the post. It's right there. But there's no point. It's just words. But I got to read this to you because it's funny as hell. And it's sad as hell at the same time. Steve, who is at old guy underscore Steve. Hat tip to you, Steve. Brilliant. I love the way he wrote this. Listen up. So I'm at Walmart scanning and bagging my almost $300 worth of groceries while the employee that wants $15 an hour monitors and then this happens. Her. Why are you double bagging all your groceries? Me. Excuse me? Her. You're wasting our bags. Me. If you don't like the way I'm bagging my groceries, feel free to come over here and bag them yourself. Her. That's not my job. Okay. Then I'll bag my groceries how I please, if that's all right with you. Her. But why are you using two bags? Me, because the bags are weak and I don't want the handles to break or the bottoms to rip out. Her. Well, that's because you're putting too much stuff in the bag. If you took half of that stuff out and put it in a different bag, then you wouldn't need to double bag. After 10 seconds of simply staring at her, me. So you want me to split these items in half and put half of them in a different bag so I don't have to double bag? To which she answers, exactly. So I said, I'd still be using two bags to hold the same number of items. To which she replied, uh, no, because it wouldn't be double bagging. Me pressing two fingers into my left eye in an attempt to make it stop twitching. Me, okay. So here I have a jug of milk and a bottle of juice, double bagged. If I take the milk out, remove the double bag, and just put the milk in a single bag, and the juice in that single bag, I'm still using two bags for these items. Her. No, because you're not double bagging them, so it's not the same number of bags. 
I promise you, this idiot has a college education. It's probably Lithuanian gender lesbian studies. But there you go. A true story. A true story. Actually happened. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Well written, by the way. And the link to that Twitter uh, X post is in our show notes. If you want to uh, read it yourself, share it out on your social media, follow along. <laughs> Beyond nuts, folks. Beyond nuts. All right. <coughs> hey, don't forget, folks, sign up for a free Rumble account. Download the app. That's also free. Check it out. Check out our show. Get yourself an application. An application. Get yourself the app and sign up for an account. It's free. Once you have one, you can take part in our show chat. We follow along with the chat and all you chatsters out there. You can also follow the show. Give us a thumbs up. Click that button down there and follow along, as many of you have. We appreciate that. It helps the show a lot and absolutely free for you, and we appreciate it. Thank you a lot for that. All right, book time. We're starting what is close to, if not the last chapter. I think there's one or two still left to go. I don't read ahead, so I discover this as you do. We read books on our show. We've been doing it from the very beginning, three, four years ago, and we started doing this fiasco. And uh, we're going to continue. We're reading right now Treasure Island. We're up to chapter 33, which is called The Fall of a Chieftain. There was never such an overturn in this world. Each of these six men was as though he'd been struck. But silver, that blow passed almost instantly. Every thought of his soul had been set full stretch, like a racer on that money. Well, he was brought up a single second dead, and he kept his head, found his temper, changed his plan before the others had time to realize the disappointment. Jim, he whispered, take that and stand by for trouble. And he passed me a double-barrel pistol. At the same time, he began quietly moving northward, and a few steps had put the hollow between us two and the other five. And then he looked at me and nodded, as much to say, here is a narrow corner, as indeed I thought it was. His looks were now quite friendly. I was so revolted at these constant changes, I couldn't forbear whispering, so you've changed sides again? There was no time left for him to answer in. The buccaneers, with oaths and cries, began to leap one after another into the pit and to dig with their fingers, throwing their boards aside as they did so. Morgan found a piece of gold. He held it up with a perfect spout of oaths. It was a two-guinea piece, and it went from hand to hand among them for a quarter of a minute. Two guineas, roared Mary, shaking it at silver. That's your 700,000 pounds, is it? You're the man for bargains, ain't you? You're him that never bungled nothing, you wooden-headed lubber. Dig away, boys, said Silver with the coolest insolence. 
You'll find some pig nuts, I shouldn't wonder. Pig nuts, repeated Mary in a scream. Mates, do you hear that? I tell you now, that man knew it all along. Look at the face on him. You'll see it wrote there. Ha <laughs> ha, Mary, remarked Silver. Standing for your captain again. You're a pushing lad, to be sure. But this time, everyone was entirely in Mary's favor. They began to scramble out of the excavation, darting furious glances between them. One thing I observed, which looked well for us, they all got out upon the opposite side from Silver. Well, there we stood, two on one side, five on the other, and the pit between us. Nobody screwed up high enough to offer the first blow. Silver never moved. He watched them, very upright on his crutch, and looked as cool as I'd ever saw him. He was brave, no mistake. At last, Mary seemed to think a speech might help matters. Mates, says he, there's two of them alone there. One's the old cripple that brought us all here and blundered us down to this. The other's that cub that I mean to have the heart of. Now, mates, he was raising his arm and his voice and plainly meant to lead a charge. But just then, crack, 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 three musket shots flashed out of the thicket. Mary tumbled head foremost into the excavation. The man with the bandage spun round like a teetotum, fell all his length upon his side, where he lay dead, still twitching, and the other three turned and ran for it with all their might. Before you could wink, Long John had fired two barrels of pistols into the struggling Mary, and as the man rolled up his eyes at him in the last agony, George said he, I reckoned I settled you. At the same moment, the doctor, Gray, and Ben Gunn joined us with smoking muskets from among the nutmeg trees. Forward, cried the doctor. Double quick, my lads, we must head him off the boats. And we set off at a great pace, sometimes plunging through the bushes to the chest. I tell you, but Silver was anxious to keep up with us. The work that man went through, leaping on his crutch till the muscles of his chest were fit to burst. No work, no sound man ever equaled. And so thinks the doctor. As it was, he was already 30 yards behind us and on the verge of strangling when we reached the brow of the slope. Doctor, he hailed. See there, no hurry. Sure enough, there was no hurry. In a more open part of the plateau, we could see the three survivors still running in the same direction as they'd started, right for Mizzenmast Hill. We were already between them and the boats, so we four sat down to breathe while Long John mopped his face and came slowly up among us. Thank you kindly, doctor, says he. You came in about the nick, I guess, for me and Hawkins. 
So it's you, Ben Gunn, he added. Well, you're a nice one to be sure. I'm Ben Gunn, I am, replied the maroon, wriggling like an eel in his embarrassment. And he added after a long pause, How do, Mr. Silver? Pretty well, I thank ye, says you. Ben, Ben, murmured Server, to think as you've done me. The doctors sent back Grave for one of the pickaxes deserted in their flight by the mutineers, and then, as we proceeded leisurely downhill to where the boats were lying, related in a few words what had taken place. It was a story that profoundly interested Silver, Ben Gunn, the half-idiot maroon, and that he was the hero from beginning to end. Ben, in his long, lonely wanderings about the island, had found the skeleton. It was he that had rifled it, found the treasure. He had dug it up. It was the haft of his pickaxe that lay broken in the excavation. He'd carried it on his back, many weary journeys from the foot of the tall pine to a cave he had on the two-pointed hill at the northeast angle of the island, and there it had lain, stored in safety since two months before the arrival of the Hispaniola. When the doctor had wormed this secret from him on the afternoon of the attack, and when next morning he saw the anchorage deserted, he'd gone to Silver, given him the chart, which was now useless, given him the stores, for Ben Gunn's cave was well supplied with goat meat salted by himself, given anything and everything to get a chance of moving in safety from the stockade to the two-pointed hill, there to be clear of malaria, keep a guard upon the money. As for you, Jim, he said, it went against my heart, but I did what I thought best for those who stood by their duty. If you're not one of those, whose fault was it? Well, that morning, finding that I was to be involved in the horrid disappointment that he had prepared for the mutineers, he'd run all the way to the cave, leaving Squire to guard the captain, taken Gray and the maroon and started making the diagonal across the island to be at hand beside the pine. Soon, however, he saw our party had the start of him. Ben Gunn, being fleet of foot, had been dispatched in the front to do his best alone. Then it occurred to him to work upon the superstitions of the former shipmates. And he was so far successful that Gray and the doctor had come up and were already ambushed before the arrival of the treasure hunters. Ah, said Silver. Fortunate for me, I had Hawkins there. You would have let old John be cut to bits, never given it a thought, doctor. Not a thought, replied Dr. Lively cheerily. And by this time we'd reached the gigs. The doctor with the pickaxe demolished one of them, and then we all got aboard the other, set out to go round by the sea for the north inlet. There was a run of eight or nine miles. Silver, though he was almost killed already with fatigue, was set to an oar like the rest of us, 
and we were soon skimming swiftly over a smooth sea. Soon we passed out of the straits and doubled the southeast corner of the island, round which, four days ago, we had towed the Hispaniola. As we passed the two-pointed hill, we could see the black mouth of Ben Gunn's cave and a figure standing by it, leaning on a musket. It was the squire. He waved a handkerchief, gave him three cheers, in which the voice of Silver joined as heartily as any. Three miles further, just inside the mouth of the North Inlet, what should we meet but the Hispaniola? Cruising by herself, the last flood had lifted her. She'd been much wind or a strong tide current, as in southern Anchorage we should have never found her more, or found her stranded beyond help. As it was, there was little amiss beyond the wreck of the mainsail. Another anchor was got ready and dropped in a fathom and a half of water. We all pulled round again to Rum Cove, the nearest point for Ben Gunn's treasure house. And then Gray single-handedly returned with the gig to the Hispaniola, where he was to pass the night on guard. A gentle slope ran up the beach to the entrance of the cave. And at the top, the squire met us. And we will continue on tomorrow morning with what is going to likely be the last part of Treasure Island. Robert Louis Stevenson, by the way, in our show notes is a great documentary about the author of this book and how the book itself might be partly autobiographical. Most interesting. Check it out. All right, folks, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thank you so much for popping by. Please do give us a follow and a thumbs up. Helps the show a lot. Free for you. We'll see you again tomorrow. Enjoy and uh, yeah. Good night. You just heard the Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>